0: In this week's podcast episode, I'm going to be sharing with you some of my top tips for getting outside during the month of September. My name's Kimberly and I'm founder of Get in the Early Years, which is an international hub for supporting early years teaching, training and inspiration. With all the work I do, I'm all about empowering early educators to be the very best version of themselves by creating that perfect blend of professional knowledge and development alongside valuing your well-being and self-care. So hi, happy Friday! For most of you, it has been your first full week back, either in setting, working as a childminder or in school. So I hope it's gone really well for you. It's been really strange not recording the podcast episodes over the summer, but I think it was good to have a little bit of a break and switch off. And now I'm back! fully refreshed and ready to share some more support and guidance to hopefully inspire some of your practice and help you evaluate and reflect on what it is that you're doing. So today I thought that I would share with you some of my top ways for making the most of the weather in September. So September has to be one of my favourite times for getting outside the leaves are changing colour, it just feels like a really nice time of year when there's so much changing and lots to talk about. So let's try and get the children outside as much as possible, especially with the current situation that we're in. I've been hearing of. Reception and year one teachers that have been having their children in the classroom but they've been having to leave the doors of their classroom wide open to let the air circulate and the children have been quite cold. So instead of doing this, take your learning outside, make learning possible in your outdoor environment, you know, going on an active phonics session, looking for phonemes that are hiding on autumn leaves. Um, or going on an active math session collecting some natural treasures and putting these onto a ten frame having a dice rolling the dice and adding that number writing down a number st- sentence there are so many ways that we can make learning happen outside so don't feel like you have to stay inside with the doors open freezing get outside put your coats on and go and enjoy the season so Let's share a few top tips for getting outside. So I love to go on an autumn walk. Um, I like to go looking for natural treasures and collecting these and talking about all the different signs of autumn. You might even decide to give your children a numbered paper bag, for instance, and ask them to collect that number of objects. And this could be things like twigs, leaves, stones, acorns, crab apples, whatever you can find. And then you can extend and you can challenge it for your older children. You know, how many will we have if we collect one more? What about if we add Lucy's bag with Emile's bag? How many will we have then all together? Can we record that down? There are so many ways that we can do this. How about as well involving your children in creating some of the displays and learning resources that you have in your learning environment? So using nature, you can create things like a natural alphabet or a natural number line using things like your pattern cones and putting them into the shape of the numbers, taking a photograph with the children and then putting up in the environment. And when we do things like this, it's going to be really well used by the children and not just become wallpaper that's never, ever looked at. Um, So, yeah. Go on a lovely autumn walk, familiarise your children with the area that they live in. I like to go on lots of local walks and revisit the same places week after week over the year so that children can see what happens to that place as the year progresses. It might be that we find a particular tree there and we'll talk about it and how it looks now and how it changes as we move further into autumn, as we go into winter and then spring and summer. And recording this down in something like a nature journal, it just helps to collect those moments and really treasure them. You can also develop a nature shelf as well and setting up a nature shelf is a lovely way to build relationships between setting school and home. So I will have a nature shelf often in the entrance to my setting and I'll be encouraging children to add to this themselves Um, obviously at the moment there's lots of opportunity there for children to do lots of hand washing uh, before and after touching uh, the items on the nature shelf and if you've got different bubbles of children you might have different trays of natural treasures but there are still ways that we can make this possible. And it's lovely to have a display like this that can get parents and families talking as well about trips that they've had over the weekend, on the way to school and what they've seen. So I really do love having a nature shelf. Okay, next way that you can get outside is with a little bit of foraging. So maybe you might share a little book like the Gruffalo and you might talk about the things that they eat. You might try and make the Gruffalo crumble But why not go for a walk and go foraging for some berries that you can add to your crumble mixture? This is going to make it so exciting for young children. Next, you might decide to go on a heather hunt. So I have just come back from a week away in Scotland and it was my first ever trip to the Highlands and I really did love it. One thing I noticed everywhere was the beautiful heather. First of all, it's smell and then just the sight of it giving this lovely lilac-y purple haze wherever you looked and I thought wouldn't it be lovely to go on a bit of a heather hunt yourself with the children. See if you can even find some white heather as this is supposed to be a sign of good luck. And then it might lead on to doing some observational drawing um, and seeing how the children respond to this. You might even try some honey perhaps with heather infused into it. I tried some of this when I was in Scotland last week and it was so delicious. So yeah, you might give that a try. One of my other top favourite things to do as well is to make a leaf crown. So maybe going out on a leaf hunt, you might even share the story, we going on a leaf hunt first and then providing children with some cards that they can shape themselves into a crown shape. They might need a little bit of support depending on their age and then some sticky back plastic so that they can then put their leaves onto the crown and then you could even hold a woodland tea party and again see where the children's interests take you. It might be that you've got fairies at your tea party as well and you have a little fairy garden that you decorate up for it and for autumn. It might be that the dinosaurs come and invade it. Who knows, that's the wonder isn't it working in early years. You never quite know where it's going to go. Okay so my next idea is to set up a lavender cafe. Isn't lavender just one of the loveliest smells? Now, obviously you always need to be aware of allergies whenever you're doing anything with lavender, um, but where possible, try and set up a lavender cafe as part of your mud kitchen play, providing children with some lavender to use in their mud play, and maybe even writing your own mud lavender recipe book. You might even decide to do your own baking with lavender as well to link into this, um, or making some lavender soap with the children just to try and ignite those senses. Okay, next. Self-portraits. So this is something that I think many of us find ourselves doing at the start of a new academic year with our new children. Oh, come and sit down with me. Let's let's draw a self-portrait of yourself. Let's look in the mirror and see what we can see. Well, let's take it outside. Let's see what natural treasures we can use to create self-portraits. And then take photographs of children in the process of creating these recording down what it is they're using and how they've selected the resources to create the different parts of their face providing mirrors as well to help with that representation and then when they finished you could simply just take a photograph of their completed loose part portrait and then hang it around your room this is a great way of creating that sense of belonging in the learning environment Okay, next, setting up a camping role play area. So if we think about the summer that we've just had, many children won't have been away necessarily on um, holidays to Europe or America because of the travel restrictions. So start to think about what your children have actually been doing. For many, it will have been things like garden play. Maybe some will have got off to a campsite and had a little camping adventure. For some, their summers will have involved going for walks around the local area and going to the local shops, talking to their neighbours. And so we need to try and bring some of these opportunities into the role play that we're offering. So having some of these things like a camping role play area outside allows the children to retell and process the last few months that we've been through an imaginative play here is so important for doing that. Okay. Lastly, I'm going to talk about block play. For those of you that have done training with me, you'll know that I'm very passionate about the power of block play and all of the learning opportunities it offers. So, Having good block play resources outside allows children to use their imaginations and make whatever they like. It's hugely creative, but it also offers so many opportunities for maths, literacy, and spoken language in there as well. And if we could enhance it with a few extra little bits, we can allow children to really go to that next level with their imaginative play. So, again, going back to the opportunities children have maybe had over the summer, things like going in a car on a car journey somewhere, give children things like crates and an old steering wheel, a backpack with some maps that can go into their block play, allows for them to retell this. Um, We used to have. an old rowing boat in our block play area outside as well, and some oars for a boat that were great for helping children really retell and create all kinds of wonderful experiences. So there are a few of my top tips for getting outside and really embracing September, a really lovely month to be with the children. And if you're looking for some more ways to make your outdoor learning work over autumn and into winter, when it can be a little bit more tricky, then I highly suggest that you sign up for our autumn Who Go In The Early Years virtual conference, because here I have got some wonderful early years experts sharing some of their best tips with you. So we've got Angela Hansen from um, Timbernook who is also the author of Balanced and Barefoot. She's going to be presenting for us on the decline of outdoor play. We have then got Professor Jan White who is offering us another wonderful keynote speech all about creating that enabling learning environment outside to allow for high quality and high levels of engagement in the learning that's happening in our outdoor environment and showing how you can create this in a really simple way. We've also got lots of child and nursery teachers sharing examples of what they're doing as well so that you can practically see how this is working and how it could work for you. Okay, so if you'd like to sign up for that, um, Early Bird Tickets do end today, they are £10 and you can get these by heading to my website which is uk. Okay well that's that for this week. I look forward to being back with you again next Friday where we'll delve into some more wonders of early years teaching, training and learning. Okay have a wonderful weekend everybody. Catch you next week. Bye.